Every year we get 31 days where the entire world is interested in talking about scary movies. Sure, there are those of us that celebrate haunting season year round, it's literally the name of everything that I do, but the rest of the world gets tired of it. They don't want to hear about ghosts and creatures every day of their lives. So when we hit October, it becomes really interesting to me to see the world's spooky side wake up and especially to see what kinds of movies they choose to watch. Most people have a go-to list of must-sees this time of year, and that's exactly what my wife and I are talking about today. And I think you're going to be surprised by the choices. But first, grab your headphones, turn out the lights, find a safe hiding space, and fall in to haunting season. So I've been traveling quite a bit the past couple of weeks. I've been really busy. And tonight we're sitting at home, drinking wine, listening to the dogs eat dog food, which you might pick up on the mic. And I thought it would be a perfect opportunity for us to talk about, you know, since we're just two weeks away from Halloween, our favorite Halloween movies. Yay! And with me, I have my wife, Courtney. Hello, world. Hello, world. So I don't know how to get into this. It's obviously very casual. We're using one microphone in between the two of us. We're having a few drinks, having a few laughs. We originally wanted to do a, uh, like a countdown or something. And I still then... like that idea, like a like a top 10 <laughs> Halloween movies. But bless you. I wanted to like take a different take and be like not just Halloween, but maybe throw in some like quintessential fall movies. Well, yeah. What puts you in the mood. October movies. Yeah. What puts you in the mood the second the light changes, the wind picks up a little bit, the leaves start to rustle, the pumpkins start to glow. Glowing because they have candles in them. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I just mean like pumpkins glow in the light. Well, I guess maybe the great pumpkin. All pumpkins. Do you watch Charlie Brown anymore? I watch Charlie Brown and the Great Pumpkin every year. Really? Yeah. We're going to have to do that. I feel like last time I put on a Charlie Brown movie, I was like, this is a lot slower than I remember it. It's very slow, but you have to remember we probably watched it on an actual television, not streaming, with commercials. So it didn't feel as slow. Yeah, that's true. Didn't feel as slow growing up. And also, we weren't so inundated with so much technology and creativity. So for us, or I'm speaking generally, but for me, it still felt really magical. So we live in California and we don't have seasons. We have seasons, no. Well, well, we do. But I mean, for the most part. Speaking as the actual native Californian Californian in this conversation, there are seasons in California. They just aren't as dramatic. It's like basic bitch fall, right? Here, it's not as dramatic as the Northeast. I would say the people are more dramatic and the seasons are less dramatic because as soon as it drops down to 60 degrees, you get people in like full length down coats down to their ankles. But it's autumn, technically, and we are going to actually get to see autumn. We're going up to Minnesota. Yeah, I cannot wait. I can't wait. Give me an apple cider donut and a warm mug of apple cider whiskey. I'm just excited to wear flannel. I'm excited to wear my new shacket, which is... Jacket. It's a called a jacket. That's what it's called. It Since- is a long shirt jacket, but this one's actually a jacket. It's not really like a longer t-shirt, but that's what it's called. So it's a non-shacket. No, it's a jacket. A shirt jacket. 
Yeah, okay. So we're going up to Minnesota and we're going <laughs> to hang out with my cousins and their kid. So the reason I bring this up is because my cousin Shannon showed me a couple of years ago on Halloween, Friday the 13th and Halloween. And it was the first time I saw slasher movies and it blew my mind because I had this idea that they were horribly graphic. I ba- I basically was substituting them in my mind with like what we call now torture porn. Yeah, I mean, same, same. Yeah. Whole reason I didn't watch any of these movies. This year, several years later, I've been on this slasher journey, especially because Fear Street came out Mm -hmm. and that was really exciting. And you showed me Scream last year and we watched all four of them, soon to be five. And so now I'm watching all these Halloween movies and you watched the first two with me. Not true. I watched the first one with you. Well, it just depends on what you're calling the first two, correct? So I well, watched- the first two that came out, Halloween and Halloween 2. I didn't watch you didn't watch Halloween 2? Oh, you watched no. it over my shoulder a few I, moments. We were laying in bed and you were watching on the iPad and I was reading a book and I glanced over as Michael walked through a pane of glass. Right. And you started laughing silently and I was laughing audibly, but you couldn't hear me because <laughs> you had your AirPods in. <laughs> but it was so fun. <laughs> Okay, so we we watched the current timeline together. We watched Halloween, the original, and then the 2018 version. Yes, that just followed the storyline of this one. And then we're watching Halloween Kills in the theater. That, I feel like, is going to be very graphic. There's like With my brother, who doesn't get scared of anything, and they're probably just going to laugh the whole time, but I'm going to be jumping the whole time. Yes, Jace is so much fun to watch a horror movie with. We went and saw Old together, and... And just laughed the entire time. It was so much fun. I think that you should be laughing at a horror movie. 100%. And they have this really enigmatic laugh, too. It goes like, (laughs) it's really perfect. And I do love doing scary things with them, but they never get scared. And it's frustrating for me because I'm like, get scared at something. (laughs) I'll be scared. I'll have both my feet on the seat clutching my knees. No, you won't. So do you find the Halloween movies to be, do they feel like, do they feel like they have the spirit of Halloween in them? I would say the first one, definitely. But that's because I think it was set on Halloween and it was supposed to be more of a Northeast kind of vibe. You know, they were supposed to look like there was dead leaves on the ground. There was a breeze and there was pumpkins everywhere. Yeah, and then they also did really well with the costuming and stuff. I would say the second one that we watched didn't feel like Halloween. No, it didn't. It's 40 years later. I don't know if I even felt autumn during that one. It Mm -mm. just felt like they were wearing jackets for sure, but it just felt like um, this time of year, but not necessarily autumn. Yeah, it just kind of, it didn't even feel like Halloween time, right? But they were at a Halloween party, so the kids were. So it was Halloween time. It just didn't do as good of a job giving that vibe which it doesn't really matter um, because it was still really good. So I think the reason I'm spending so much time in this is obviously because I'm watching through a lot of these movies right now. I've watched one through four and the 2018 one. And to me, they feel very Halloween. I'm like kind of feeling like I missed out on it my whole life, but I'm also enjoying discovering it for the first time. So uh, I'm already going to break the rules. I I feel like Halloween one and two and three are going to be on my like annual watch list. Why is that breaking the rules? Well, because we were going to do like top 10 and my first choice is three movies. That's okay. But the reason I'm choosing three is because one and two feel like one whole Whole, movie to me, one whole storyline. And then three is completely separate. And I've spent so much time hearing people trash talk Season of the Witch. And I loved it so much. I loved it so much. I did not watch it with you. 
But I did read the synopsis, like the Wikipedia, because that's what I always do when it's a scary movie, because yeah. I need to know if I can handle it. And I turned to you and I was like, I think that you might not like it because it's so, it looks like it might be, do you remember this conversation? I was like, it looks like it's going to be really cheesy and completely off story. So I meant like you might not like it in the course of what the Halloween movies are. Yeah, that well, and that's like the it. important thing about it is you have to think of it completely separately yeah. because it has nothing to do with Michael Myers. I think that's so hard for people too. Like everyone that hates it probably, again, I'm just like making an assumption, probably doesn't like it because it's supposed to be a part of this trilogy that it's not really a part of. Like if you brought in I Love the Hunger Games, which is not really a trilogy, but if you brought in like a book that made no sense, I'd be like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The thing about it is it doesn't feel like it deserves any part of the title. Halloween, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I don't remember there being particularly witchy things about it. In fact, the whole synopsis is that there's a company making masks that are going to be detrimental to the children on Halloween. And they've got to like figure out why and what's going on. It felt like a Twilight Zone episode, but I loved it very much. So that's my first pick is the Halloween series. Okay. (laughs) One, two, and three, at least. Yeah. I mean, I did not think I was going to enjoy them, and I enjoyed both. And, like, this is something I just recently realized about myself is that I think I do like scary movies, but I'm scared to like scary movies because I don't actually like to be scared. Am I scared or am I just scared of the fear of being scared? You know what I mean? But like... Yes. The the interesting thing is I long for the feeling of being scared. I don't often feel scared in the movie. It's where my brain goes after the movie that's really scary. Yes. Because then like, you know, every time I watch The Ring, I'm like, oh, I, I feel so comforted by this movie because it's this mystery. Strangest and you thing I've ever learn, you learn to love the ghost, you know? You find out that she's like, you know, lost and hurt and needs help. It's just this beautiful story and then it's three o'clock in the morning and I have to go to the bathroom and I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is so silly, but there's this movie that scared me so much and it's the dumbest movie. It's a scary movie, but it's so dumb. Is it The Time Machine again? No, that movie (laughs) torments me. No, it's this movie. It's really dumb. It's called Lights Out. And it's just like about this woman who can only live when the lights are out. I've always had this like insanely creative imagination. And so growing up, I used to, you know, imagine monsters in my closet out of clothes or whatever. And so this movie scared me because every time you turn off the lights, this woman appears and she can kill you in in the darkness. Not necessarily afraid of being killed in the darkness by some entity, but like I see things in the darkness. Yeah. So that scared me a lot. Stupid. It was such a dumb movie. It wasn't even scary. I don't even remember it. Like, because I know that we watched it. We watched it during the day. And I remember we did that on purpose. And that you read the synopsis no, first. You remember that I made you do that on purpose. <clears throat> yes. But I don't remember anything about the movie. But I want to get back. So I've made a choice of what my first okay. Halloween movie selection will probably be for the next couple of years. Okay. What What for you is like... Not the quintessential like Halloween night movie, but like you're getting into spooky season and you want to, you, where, where's your mind go first? You've got mail. You've got mail. I know. And Terrifying. It's, but it's not, as I said, it's like quintessential fall for me. It like yeah. puts me in the mood for pumpkins and all things pumpkin and all things cinnamon and all things orange. And it doesn't even take place only in the fall. It takes place over the course of like this 
year in New York City, but I just love it. I just love it. Some of the opening lines are so perfect. A bouquet of sharpened pencils, a butterfly getting on the subway and getting off to buy a hat that she's probably going to regret later. And like, I don't remember this movie, apparently. I mean, I've seen it. Well, I've seen it once. I think we watched it like two years ago. I've seen it so many times. And I also, there's just something about Meg Ryan, right? She gives you, well, Meg Ryan from like, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Yeah. Um, early 2000s Meg Ryan is very autumn. It's very good. And the clothing is beautiful. And the apartments are epic. You know, I lived in New York for a really long time as well. And it just gives me this, like, there's something about New York in the fall. Yeah. There's something in the air. And it just makes you happy. Especially in the Upper West Side, which is where this movie takes place. Well, and place. it's very windy, too. Like, there are plenty of places where there are fall leaves on the ground. But then when you're in New York, they're like constantly being whipped up into these yeah. like almost like waves of autumn beauty. But there's also, I mean, like <clears throat> anyone can argue that anything filmed on the Upper West Side of Manhattan in the fall is going to be magical because the Upper West Side is magical. Yeah. And it's the first place I ever lived when I lived in New York when I was 17 years, 18 years old, just turned 18. And it's just super nostalgic for me. And also, I just like, who doesn't love Tom Hanks? If yeah. You if you don't love Tom Hanks, then you're probably a conspiracy theorist. But <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't love him? He's so perfect. So okay, and you so, used to have a Tom Hanks impression like, oh, I don't know. Does it sound like? Please don't ever do that again. Wow, what a night. How is that Tom Hanks? I don't know. So I'm going to bridge the gap here. Okay. So that's not a horror movie. This next one is not a horror movie, Wait, but it definitely is supernatural. Pause. I just remembered one of my other favorite quotes from that movie. One of the guys goes, this place is a tomb. I'm going to the nut shop where it's fun. It, <laughs> it, it was on. I liked that quote so much that I made it my answering like phone message. Your answer phone. My answer phone. Yeah. Your answering machine. The voicemail. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I, we said answer phone growing I up. I don't know why. Inside it's just... jokes. It's not necessarily horror, but it is supernatural. It gives me all the fall vibes. I'm going to say death becomes her. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was going to be one of my picks. I can't believe you chose it. Yeah. It's... Especially since I'm the one that showed you that movie, I think. Uh... No. No? No, I saw it in college. Yeah, I saw but it in college. you college have this innate ability to, to forget everything. Yeah. Right? So you don't remember anything about a movie. So when I I think when I re-showed it to you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, every time it's a new experience. Um, and especially it had been a long time since the first time I watched it when we watched it together. So Can I tell you my two favorite quotes from that movie? Yeah. Okay. Quote number one. Should I give the synopsis? If someone doesn't know what Death Becomes Her is, do we trust them listening to this podcast? I feel like we haven't been doing synopses. Halloween probably doesn't need it. Michael Myers kills people. Um, You've Got Mail is about two pen pals via AOL email. You've Got Mail. And they're quintessential natural enemies who fall in love. And I love that trope. Oh, yeah. It's classic. And Death Becomes Her. Uh, go, it's, it's your choice. Do you I know, know the, but I, you, I barely remember. Exactly. Um, so Death Becomes Her. It's Bruce Willis's best performance. He's drunk the entire time. I know. It's perfect. Is about two friends who fight over a man. And one of them wins that man. And then the other one exacts revenge on it. And there is a fountain of youth potion. Right. And, and they can't die. They cannot die. And so it's two just 
as iconic as two people who hate each other who fall in love. It's two women who are willing to kill each other over the the same man who cannot die. Yeah, it's, a, um, it's and are obsessed with beauty. It's and definitely, youth. Uh, I would say it's problematic in its own way. It's super misogynistic, and there's a lot of fat phobia. Yeah, it's in great. It. <laughs> wow. Well, it's, it's like so of that time. And I don't, I didn't, I don't know. Maybe I need to watch it again, but I didn't find it all that problematic because when you have characters that you hate, you know, and, and you love to hate them, they can do more awful things. It's like the whole reason Always Sunny in Philadelphia or South Park can exist yeah. because the characters are irredeemable and therefore they can do the horrible things and say the horrible things. Yeah. It's not problematic in the sense that it's like oh i'll never watch it i don't think the movie is telling the well and hold on this is the important part though the movie isn't telling you it's not okay to to be uh someone of a certain weight or size or whatever we're having more wine pause for wine (laughs) it really sounds like pee oh boy (laughs) (laughs) the movie isn't telling you that it's not okay to be a certain size or weight or look a certain way in fact it's it's the opposite Mm. it's these women are so obsessed with their looks that they literally fall apart so it's almost like a fable but there also is a moment where they put goldie hawn in a fat suit and it's not necessarily necessary it's not necessary for the storyline for a skinny actress to put on a fat suit so that's where the and this is what early 90s eh, probably around there it's it's just internalized fat phobia which it it just exists in everything and you know i'd be remiss if i didn't mention it yeah no i think it's important to mention stuff like that yes it doesn't make the movie unwatchable no but um, and as i've you know Another recent discovery of mine is everything I love from my childhood, my teens and my early 20s to late 20s is problematic. And that just comes with the time that it was made in. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. It just means that you have to acknowledge that it was problematic. Yeah. And a little bit gross sometimes. But, you know, whatever. All right. So what are your favorite lines? Okay. So, well, Bruce Willis goes... Meryl Streep dies, but she can't die because she took this potion. And Bruce Willis goes, you put her in the morgue? She's She's going to be be furious. furious. Classic. (laughs) Classic. So good. They're both Bruce Willis lines, actually. And my other one is, but I don't want to live forever. What if I get bored? Yeah. Because what if you do get bored? This is the only movie that made me want to try a Bloody Mary, and I still hate them. You're missing out, bud. Okay, another fall movie that I love is going to be another Meg Ryan movie. Can you guess it? I'm guessing it's not scary. None of my movies are going to be scary. Um, It is When Harry Met Sally. So perfect. Pleated khakis come to mind. (sighs) Cable knit sweaters and... Scarves. Wild hair. Hats. I almost said Sally Field. Meg Ryan's fashion in this movie is perfect and when people talk about bringing back 80s and 90s and 2000s fashion this is the fashion that they're bringing some of them are bringing back that i'm so excited about oh it's so perfect so what's it the feels... synopsis harry meets sally well the end. yeah basically they meet when they're younger and then they re-meet when they're in their early 20s it's and very then... circular they keep bumping into each other they but don't they necessarily be... get along at first and then they become best friends and again enemies to friends to lovers and it's 
so cute and perfect and Billy Crystal so funny and yeah. it's just and another charming and handsome and super sexy. Super charming and handsome and I don't know. I like this is quintessential like sexy Billy Crystal because there's like multiple forms of Billy Crystal, right? Yeah. There's the like not afraid to have his chest hair out Billy Crystal. And then there's the like, you know, kind of goofy, I'm I'm a small boy grown into a man sort of Billy Crystal. Yeah. Well, you don't often get to see Billy Crystal not rely 100% on his comedy. And he didn't in this movie. You know, there's a few iconic scenes in it. One of which is, of course, the deli scene where Meg Ryan fakes an orgasm. Mm -hmm. And I'll have uh, what she's having. I think that was Rob Reiner's mom. Classic. Classic. He put her in that in that. Hey scene. mom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if she raised that boy, then she can't be, you know, that square. And then the other one is Billy Crystal is improvising an entire scene and Meg Ryan's trying to play along and it's like poppy cash or something like that is what he's doing. And she you see her like glance off the screen and look at the director and he's like, go with it, go with it. And it made it in the film and it's an iconic moment. But also this is another one of those New York films, Upper West Side. Obviously, there's a theme for me, mm-hmm. but it spans across years and it spans across seasons. But for me, it feels like fall. Yeah. There's something about it that feels like fall. All right. I will bridge the gap once again. Not horror, but supernatural. Autumn. I It actually has trick-or-treating in it. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. It's always in my top five. It involves... A heartwarming story of a young boy named Elliot and his alien friend, E.T. Classic. And this movie used to scare the shit out of me. I mean, I was so afraid of... Well, like, the the opening sequences are shot like horror, which Steven Spielberg is really good at. I guess a little at. bit, yeah. He's really, really good at it, pulling in elements of horror into a PG movie to give you that sense of fear that you feel when you're a child. So Elliot goes outside to throw out the pizza box, and the shed is open, mm-hmm. and the light is on, and a baseball rolls out, and he picks it up and throws it back in, and it rolls back to him the whole way that that shot is a straight up horror sequence it builds tension stress and anxiety and dread and then the thing happens that you don't want to happen and it feels completely supernatural because like a dog wouldn't throw it back a dog would walk it back to you you Mm -hmm. know but this tosses it back and so it's something more intelligent and you get the sequences in the woods and especially when you get to the end and they've got the hazmat suits and they've built the giant tent with the long tunnel going into the house and et is all pale yeah and they found him in the creek and it it just gets really scary i think it was like watching it now obviously it, it doesn't feel scary but steven spielberg did such a great job of making that from the kid's point of view, mm-hmm. not from an adult pretending to be a kid from the point of view, like writing the script, right? Like it really speaks from the child's gaze. And I think it's these silly little things that scared us as kids that now we look back on and that looks like, why did that scare us? But it makes sense because he played on all of these stranger in a in a shed, right? Things were supposed stranger danger, things were supposed to be scared of. Hazmat suits, not being able to see someone's face. When they went back and they removed all the guns and put in walkie-talkies, but the original what I grew up watching, the adults had guns mm-hmm. and were after the kids on the bikes. Like there mm-hmm. were high stakes. <laughs> Yeah, it feels very, obviously, Stranger Things pulls heavily from E.T., but... Well, and uh, eight, I almost said eight mile, eight millimeter. Super 8? Super 8. Which I watched today. (gasps) 
Oh my gosh. Kind of, sort of. I like had it on while I was like, you know, I love doing that movie. Stuff. That movie has serious ET vibes too. Yep. Yeah, Stranger Things too. Lots of ET vibes. I think anytime you get a grouping of kids together, it's going to remind us a lot of a lot of movies from our childhood. I mean, I loved ET as well, and I'm a huge Drew Barrymore fan, and that was, you know, one of her breakout roles. She yeah. was so cute, and I loved it so much. And then Henry Thomas. She calls him penis breath. She does. <laughs> Henry Thomas, who plays Elliot, who's also now in every Mike Flanagan show, which I'm obsessed with him. I think he's so good. He sat next to me at a brewery down the street Yeah. one time, and I just pretended I didn't know him, but I chatted with him because I'm super cool and way laid back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's my third pick. So I would have to say... That to bridge the gap um, back. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, I'm going to pull a Joshua and I'm going to do a three in one. (gasps) There are three movies that I consider to all be in the same realm in the same universe. And I think they are. And I think they're meant to be that way that I'm going to push into one. The Sixth Sense, The Village and Signs. Oh, that's so good. They ex- signs definitely has autumn vibes. Well, so does Six Sense. Sense. The oh, and so Sense. does yeah. And they so all the they all they're autumn films. And I think M Night in his early days was such a beautiful artist. And I'm not putting down his later work, but no, because we love Servant. We love Servant. I did not see Old because I didn't care to. I, I wasn't <laughs> so much into the visit. But these, well, everything except for that one scene. Uh, I don't know. It just it was a little bit. The I, I wasn't as into it as I hoped I would have been. Yeah. But these three movies to me just like scream Halloween, scream everything that Halloween and autumn stands for for me in fall. And just yesterday, I was talking to my brother about <laughs> the Sixth Sense. And how neither of us knew that Tony Clapp wasn't American. We didn't know her as an Australian actor. And. I sent him a TikTok of John Early doing an impression of Tony Collette in the last, in like one of those last scenes. And it was like, I asked her, do I make her proud? Oh, and it's when so she's crying perfect. in the car. I know. I love that scene so much. And I love her. So many boogers. Oh, God. It's so perfect. And we were saying, like, <laughs> you know, John Early is such a good impressionist. And if you don't know who he is, he's a comedian. He's in Search Party. Damn. But he has a lot of stand-up. You could see, like, when he was, like, he was, like, holding his hand on his chest. You can see the nails almost. Mm. But what I love about what I have always said about M. Night Shyamalan is that anything that he has made that's based around Philadelphia, which all these movies are, mm-hmm. is perfect. Once he branched out of that realm, he kind of lost a little bit of the magic. And he is a Philadelphia. The village is based around Philadelphia? Yeah. Those three movies are all within a 30 mile radius, uh, 30 to 50 mile radius of Philadelphia. Mm. And he is a Philadelphia and he's a native or he lives there. Or he did live there. I used to wait on him quite often when I worked and lived in Philly. He's a very lovely man. Yeah, I said quite often. But I really could, I could twice. see it going either way. Like I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of his movies, but I could see him being a jerk at a restaurant. Mm-mm. That's great. No, That's he really was, good news. I love hearing that. He was a regular at our chef's other restaurant, and then he came into our restaurant twice. And when I say waited on them, I mean I was the back waiter, which means I really didn't even talk to him. Yeah, well, you get to bring the food. I feel like the back waiters, like it's almost like a like a it's like a sneak peek because. Yeah. When the front waiter's there, they put on a performative, yeah. like, oh, I've got to order with you. But when the back waiter's there, you're the whatever. You're bringing the food. Who cares? Yeah, but I'm just going to continue with my conversation. I'm always more entertaining than anyone else anyway. But um, those three movies, I just, 
I feel like they live in the same time frame. They all happened around the same time. I think signs might have happened last. So I think the Sixth Sense, the Village, and the Signs, and that's how they go in their trilogy. Nice. And I think M. Night meant it to be that way because you look at Unbreakable, Split, and Glass, and you would never have known. I mean, Split was made what, 18 years, 15 years after Unbreakable. Yeah. So M. Night likes to pull, you know, I these love little it. trickies. I watch any movie that guy makes. I Even watch- movies he doesn't direct, but writes. Like yeah. Devil, I loved. I actually liked Devil. Did not like The Happening. Didn't care for it. I don't need the to know. It's terrible. I don't but, need but to so know that the old. wind might kill me. I got to rewatch it because of how much I enjoyed watching old, even though it was terrible. You know, like the writing was bad. The The, the story was the only good part. Yeah. The acting was pretty bad. They had a character named uh, Minivan, Min, Small Caravan or something. Or like, Oh, the rapper? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was cheesy. Okay, I'm going to bring it straight up into the horror genre with a new film that I recently watched this year and I'm now, I'm still processing how much I loved this movie. It has autumn vibes for me. It feels super spooky. It's got great practical effects. It's Fright Night. I haven't seen Fright Night. Okay, I really think you should. I know, you keep telling me that. And here's why, and I won't spoil anything, but the the synopsis, do we do the synopsis of those? Uh, Do we need to? No, we don't need to. So a guy and his girlfriend, uh, he's trying to pressure her into sex like they do in all these 80s movies. And then he gets distracted by the guys moving in next door. And uh, it's two men and they're moving a coffin into the basement and painting the windows black. And so he discovers that he's got vampires next door and he tries to get his girlfriend to help and she scoffs at him tries to get his friend evil ed who believes in all this stuff to help him and he scoffs at him he tries to get a tv vampire hunter who plays one on tv to help him and he scoffs at him but eventually gets all three and they Mm -hmm. go to fight the vampires it's spooky and fun it's got again like i said incredible practical effects and it has the most heartbreaking scene in horror movie history that i've ever personally seen who dies i'm not telling you because i want you to watch it and i want it to rip your heart out i guess i'm just gonna have to read the wikipedia oh god you know i'm going to (laughs) well i'm not gonna spoil it on the show because i don't like to do major spoilers on here there is apparently a remake too that i'm dying to watch that has colin farrell in it and when he gets a good director he can be very very good yeah i agree i mean he was great in fantastic beasts Oh, yeah. I would say you and I differ greatly in the fact that I love a spoiler. I I can't stand it. I can't stand it. And I have to catch myself to not give away the ending of every single movie. I was on a podcast today and a guy told me the the last three minutes of a movie. It just came out of his mouth. He was like, oh, you got to watch this because X, Y, Z happens at the end. Well, pfft. I'll I try never, never to it. tell the end of the movie. I don't really think that I'm I'm that person, but I definitely will be like, oh, remember when this happened in this movie? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that movie's 15 years old. So if you haven't seen it yet, then I don't really care. I know, but I, as someone who's on this journey watching all these classic movies that I've never seen, like Child's Play, um, I don't know. It's just mo- so much more exciting if you don't know what's going to happen. I beg to differ. I guess the only difference would be like, I don't care about spoilers as much in a slasher movie because seeing how they did it is just as fascinating as not knowing it's going to happen. For example, in the Halloween Kills trailer, you see him, I think, break a fluorescent light in half and shove it towards someone's neck. 
So I know someone's going to get a fluorescent light through yeah, their neck. Yeah, but they showed that entire movie in those two trailers. The entire maybe, movie. Maybe that's ev- only the first five minutes. They showed one of the deaths for sure, and they showed this person in their coat. That's that why I've been avoiding it completely. was alive five seconds before in a car in that coat. So you And it's a, a big character, and so you know who it's going to be. And even I was like, fuck, that's a big spoiler. Yeah, it's pretty dumb marketing, but... I don't think they care. They're heavily marketing this movie. Um, I know, which is why I'm afraid it's going to be terrible, but... My number two is Casper. (gasps) Wow. You know, when we were on vacation, I found Casper on VHS, but it wasn't Casper the Friendly Ghost. It was like Casper's back with friends or something like if there's like a second or third one or oh, something. Oh, there's, there's tons. Oh, right? yeah. It doesn't so even have, is Christina Ricci in that? Christina Ricci is yeah, in that movie. And she's Her not even in it. Her name is Kat. I love that movie so Do you just love it because much. he's a heartthrob when he turns into a real boy? Yes. Okay, so Devin saw So I got no spoilers. I would say Christina Ricci I had a major crush on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, you know, I love that energy. And then Devin Sawa was in it for 1.2 seconds. And this is like, I can't remember if it was before or after Now and Then, which is another movie the two of them are in together. I think it was before. And he like whispers in her ear, can I keep? Yes, you can uh, keep me, Devin Sawa, as a 12-year-old when I was also 12, and that was appropriate. But it's like yeah. she hated it, and she definitely didn't want to, like, ramble around the country with her dad, but that's all I ever wanted to do. <laughs> and I thought it was so cool to go to a new school every, like, year. She basically lived in this, like, Salem, but not. And, like, that house was so cool, and, like, oh, I just love everything about that movie. I the- really also love the the... Are they the uncles? Yes. Of yeah. Yes, I was Fatso, just gonna say. Fatso, Stretch, and Stinky, Stinky, Stink, or something like that. Yeah. So perfect, and they're so funny, and it's like jokes that it branches it across as a movie for both children and teens and adults. Because watching it again as an adult, you're like, oh, these jokes are really grown up and mature, mm-hmm. and I probably didn't understand them as a kid. Or I probably did because I was introduced to a lot of things I probably shouldn't have been introduced to as a child. And every time we talk about scary movies, I'm like, oh, yeah, I watched that by myself. (laughs) Why? Yeah, that movie is just like so cute and fun. And when the mom comes back and she like floats through the angel. Mm. You don't remember that, do you? I don't remember anything from any movie. No, it it rings a bell. We'll have to watch it again. Bill Pullman or Bill Paxton? Pullman. Bill Pullman. He's also an Independence Day. Same actor. Yeah. He's just like you such a great- hear my impression great, of Bill Pullman? <laughs> no. He's such a great- Oh, wow. He's such a great, goofy dad. And On like, this, our Independence Day. And he means well, <laughs> and he's trying to raise a teen daughter by himself, and it's hard work. Yeah, and what's great about the movie, too, is uh, the dad also sees the ghost. So it's not this story of like, oh, young kids, your parents don't believe you. Like, he gets fully involved, and that's fun. Also, because of that movie, I tried to wear socks, a sweatshirt, and sweatpants to bed, like, every night. Oh, because she did, and it's I was like, nightmare. oh, she looks so cool, and she like had a scrunchie, and I tried to put a scrunchie in my hair, but I have really thin, fine hair, and it didn't s- stay. I'm only realizing like- this now, but one of my pet peeves in movies is people getting into bed with full, long sleeve shirts and long pants. It makes zero sense to me. It's well, you completely run, fictional. But you run hot, so that's like that's not fictional because our house has no insulation, and so in I, the wintertime, the only part of me that wants to have a blanket is just over my butt. 
That's it. And then I want full waist up and full thigh down completely out of the blanket. Yeah, I am aware of this fact, but I like to be bundled. I don't get it. I want to be warm. So are we on number one? Okay, number one. Number We're on number one already? Josh. I feel like I have so many more. I have hundreds. Okay, so we'll have to do like lightning round after this of like consolation movies. Okay. Okay. This one might be surprising because we haven't talked about it in a long time. I've only seen it twice, maybe only even once. How can it be your number one if you've not seen it more than Because one time? when I think about Halloween, I think about this movie and I even thought thought about it before and this isn't again hey man this whole episode is not particularly horror but this one definitely but halloween isn't horror you know there there's been a movement much more towards like horror and fear in the last probably 50 years but halloween isn't all about being scared no it's a family holiday it's not just a family holiday it's a feel-good holiday and you know, it's about fall and warmth and happiness and, you know, warm light because yeah. I think of candles and pumpkins and everything orange and how basic can I be as a white girl over so here? So this is and- definitely a spooky movie. Okay. This is a fun movie. It's got incredible practical effects, which I, that to me just feels wonderful in a spooky movie like this. It even involves claymation. We watched it one October night. In a haunted Airbnb in Maine. Oh. The movie's Beetlejuice. I had never seen it as a kid. Yes, and we watched it on VHS. Yeah. And that Airbnb was very haunted. Yeah, it was. It was really creepy. Which we'll get to in a second. But yeah. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice! (laughs) Um, When we watched that movie, I couldn't believe I had never seen it before. It is so me. It is so everything that I love because it's. uh, But I'd argue that we watched it at the perfect time. We did. In the perfect weather, in the perfect place. Yes. It has vibes of like Frighteners, but it's a better movie. It has vibes of like Nightmare Before Christmas, but to me, I like this movie better. Yeah. It mixes live action with stop motion, with practical effects, with miniatures, with mm-hmm. ghosts, with comedy, with Catherine O'Hare. <laughs> you know, it's perfect. It's just a, such a great mixture of everything autumn. Yeah. You know, everything October. Yeah. It is Tim Burton at some of his finest. And yeah. He's, he's not my favorite person, but like people I idolized in my youth that I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just it's going to happen as we yeah. as a society progress. We're going to realize the faults of our ways yeah. before it's it's going to be the same 20, 30 years from now. Definitely creeped me out as a younger person. Oh, sure. He's gross. Yeah. With the eyeballs and the fingers and the stretching <laughs> of the faces. But like there is nothing like that sing along come mr tally men tally me banana delight come and me wanna go home perfect all right so what's your number one and i can't even believe like the consolation round is gonna be nuts because i can't even believe we skipped over like we're at number one and we missed we did a handful of your favorite movies but we did you're doing a trilogy again i'm not Jeez. Um, I'm not doing your trilogy again, but here's a little known fact about me, unless you know me, <laughs> which none of you do. I refuse to ever have a number one um, because no. I feel like you can always, there's room for growth and change, but I have two absolute favorite Halloween movies. Absolute favorites. You wouldn't put 
that one above the other one? I would put this one above the other one. So my right, number so two, number your, one. This is going to be your 1.5 and your number one. Yeah, my number two, number one is Practical Magic. And my ultimate number one is Hocus Pocus. Yeah. And if my list doesn't make you understand that Halloween means I'm the most basic human in the world, then I don't... <laughs> Then it's, okay, so fine. let's do Practical Magic first. So, Practical Magic is about... Uh, two, it's about... Uh, Sandra Bullock is born into a family of witches. Can you let me tell the synopsis? Because you are already ruining it. Oh, God. Um, it is about a long line of sisters who love each other dearly. Also happen to be witches. Each of these lines of sisters. And it's about a curse that kills these sisters' loves. And it's about love and betrayal, abusive boyfriends and spells and curses and long hair and maxi skirts and <laughs> the greatest soundtrack in any movie ever made. And Put the lime in the coconut. coconut and mix it all up. And midnight margaritas, which you're lucky I've never made you wake up for a midnight margarita. Thank God. That is that is the nightmare of the entire movie. If any part of that movie is straight horror, Why? it's being woken up at midnight night by a blender and being told you have to drink sugar drinks Sounds before going me. back to sleep and going to work the next day. Sounds perfect to me. That movie, Nightmare. for me, it's just so ethereal almost and... Uh, whimsical and it's happy and sad and oh yeah it's heartbreaking dreamy but then, and but then you get like ghost and like exorcism at yeah. the end you know yeah. like I won't say too much if you haven't seen it in the past 30 years but it's not 30 years old but um 15 it years. is for years I had this like girls gays and days whoever wanted to come at our house and I would we would always watch Practical Magic and Hocus Pocus. And that's the number one. And Hocus Pocus is my ultimate number one. And Josh. Hocus Pocus is about a talking cat who gets into trouble 300 years after being turned into a cat. Sure. Um, <laughs> Josh, what is my favorite piece of movie trivia? Oh, Hocus Pocus was filmed in Whittier, where I grew up. Some of it was filmed in Whittier. Some of it. Where Some I of grew it was up. filmed in Salem. A lot of it was filmed in Salem. The, but the high school was. It was a middle school. The middle school. The classroom that I had social studies in was <laughs> there. <laughs> Classroom in the beginning, and they turned everything around to face the opposite chalkboard. And then um, <laughs> the entire outside of the high school is a completely different set on the East Coast. And then they built the Sanderson sisters' house in Whittier's Central Park, which is this tiny little park. And they like created this like whole area, and it was like super cool. It's also not the only film or TV show shot in Whittier because Whittier is uh, called Ye Old Friendly Town. It's a Quaker town. And uh, it looks really old and rustic and it's really cute. But Hocus Pocus is the story of three misunderstood sisters who really are just looking to love life. Forever. They want to live forever by sucking the souls out of children. We're just um, three old friendly spinsters enjoying a night in. <laughs> sucking the lives out of little children. So I was really reluctant to watch this the first time. You said it was your favorite movie. and uh, I think it's like in my top three. I knew it was a Disney film. And like I like Disney. I've never like really watched a Disney movie that I didn't like. But I don't like rush out to see Disney movies. I knew it had to do with like witches and kids. And it's like, okay. Yeah, sure. We'll watch it. We'll watch it. And when the witches were coming back at like the end of act one and they're like shining 
bright green foggy lights through the floorboards that are ricketing around and there's light changes and smoke and witchy things i immediately fell in love i i could not believe it's so perfect not even to mention you know getting to the part where the guy comes out of the grave and he's got his lips sewn shut billy butcherson billy butcherson that actor is infamous as well he plays every weird character he's in uh the shape of water as the well that's that uh, he's been he's in every creature and every everything. Creature and so another movie trivia fact is there's this point where he cuts his stitched lips together. They're stitched together and he cuts them open and moths and dust fly out of his mouth. And <laughs> they didn't have CGI at this moment. And so he literally held these moths in his mouth for numerous takes and did it over and over again. And each time went... <laughs> And like blew these moths <laughs> and this dust out of his mouth. I love it. And he was like, I could just feel the moths like flying in my mouth. Oh, could you imagine I would die? It's one step below Candyman. You know the story about Candyman, right? No. The the actor who played Candyman had this infamous scene where he's covered in bees and his mouth is open and bees are coming out of his mouth. Of course, again, didn't have CGI. And so he made the arrangement. He said, I'll do it. But every time I get stung, I make an extra thousand dollars. And he made $37,000 dollars that day geez that would be horrible <laughs> yeah i will say we're going to be doing a watch party of hocus pocus next week on oh, yeah, scener i've been doing watch parties on scener this entire month of october for stream and scream which is their halloween month trying to get everybody to go on scener but it's pretty great it's free you just have to have a subscription to whatever we're watching it on so if you have disney plus you can watch hocus pocus with us and listen to all of Courtney's full commentary uh, <laughs> about every moment. Okay, consolation round. I cannot believe you didn't well, mention the craft. First, I do love the craft so much. Yeah. Well, oh, and, he's and I will. Sorry, he's sorry, he's sorry. The craft is perfect. I love it as like someone who really wanted to be a rebellious teen, but absolutely was too afraid of disappointing her parents. Adam's family. Adam's family. Plus Adam's family values. values. Yes, so good. Scream. I Obviously, mean, the whole Scream trilogy. Trilogy. It's a. Oh, I'm sorry. Quadrilogy. quadrilogy. Soon to be quintrilogy. A lot of people if don't. If you're uh, technically counting. A lot of people don't <laughs> count Scream 4 in a lot of it because it's a completely. There's the trilogy, Scream 1, 2, and 3. And then Scream 4 is almost like its own story. Okay. So a lot of. I'm not saying that. No, no, no. Some people do and some people don't. Um, Clue, I I love to consider a Halloween movie. What about you? I don't know if this is necessarily autumn, but I think you need to toss in, if you're doing like, you know, a whole month of watching scary movies, you got to toss in Poltergeist. It's the perfect like ghost story, I think. It's one of my all time favorite movies. Again, great practical effects and really spooky and fun. And nobody dies. No spoiler. This nobody is dies. common. Uh, this is common knowledge. But yeah. Okay. What about Get Out? Yeah. Does it feel Halloween? No, it feels like you? a summer movie to me. Does it? It feels it's, like they're having like a summer party. It feels like an early fall party that's like changing of the seasons. I could be swayed either way, but it's not the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Though I would say Us feels like more of a fall movie. I didn't see Us because I can't go in for the gore. It it wasn't that gory, but it's home invasion, so there's like a lot of extra anxiety, which also is why I feel like you, yeah, you yeah. Know, like I feel like we got to toss a zombie one in there. Dawn of the Dead, never seen it. Oh, that would be so fun! Can we no, watch it? No, 
You don't like zombies? No. I, I like warm heart, warm hearts. Well, so this warm is... Warm bodies, warm bodies. That's what that, movie, that movie's called. So Dawn of the Dead, the George A. Romero version, not the Zack Schneider. The Zack Schneider one is like gory, fast running zombies. But Dawn of the Dead is that like super, super campy, like even more than Halloween, like super campy effects. Maybe. Zombies, it's just not my thing. It's not my vibe. I tried to watch Walking Dead and I made it about four minutes into the series and I was like, oh, bye, I'm out. Mm. Zombies freak me out. Yeah, they're pretty freaky. Yeah, I don't want someone pretty to Pretty freaky eat me. and it feels more real than some of the other horror yeah. because uh, especially, especially like, going through the pandemic. Yeah, going through the pandemic and how fucking idiotic everyone is. Although I do love Zombieland. Yeah. But I like it because there's rules. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters. I also watched <laughs> Ghostbusters 1 and 2 today. I was doing like a house cleaning oh and it was, uh, I was on like my fifth load How of laundry. How do you feel about the all-female one? Love it. I laughed so fucking hard Love it. during that movie. I feel uh, like a lot of people uh, can't just enjoy things. Like it's really hard for someone to just enjoy something. Well, and, I and now we're getting the full, we're getting the full spectrum, right? So we've got... The guy Ghostbuster. We've got the girl Ghostbusters. Now we're getting the kids Ghostbusters. I know, but that those are Egon's grandchildren too, which is like so yeah. Fun. Well, one grandchild I think, and then the rest are two. They're all There's a brother. I think it's still coming out the day after my birthday. Yeah, we're gonna see it. There's also Rocky Horror Picture Show. I never. Got into it. I understand the importance of it. My school did a production of it that I loved, but the movie itself, I just, uh, I don't know. Maybe you should rewatch it a few more times and then you'll understand it. Okay, how about... I also don't have to like it. I can appreciate it without liking it. I think you're mistaken. I think you have to like it. We'll move on. We'll discuss this later. All right. In private. Oh, God. <laughs> the witches? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Both Angelica Houston and Anne Hathaway version. I liked them both. I like them both, but I really prefer the Angelica Houston one. The Angelica Houston one's really good. The author of The Witches, Roald Dahl. How do you say his Roald name? Roald Dahl. Yeah. He hated the ending and wanted his name taken off of it, <gasps> of the original. Sounds like The Shining. Right? Which is a winter movie. It is a winter movie. Not a movie. Halloween movie. What about Carrie? I guess so. I've only seen it once, but what? it's prom, so isn't that like May? Yeah, but it's like a scary movie. Well, yeah, but not every scary movie is a Halloween movie. Okay. Young Frankenstein? Hell yeah. I used to watch Young Frankenstein <laughs> in seventh grade science class with my seventh grade science teacher we would be in a group of my friends would go into his classroom during our lunch period and he would let us watch half an hour of the movie every lunch period oh what um, about witches of eastwick why didn't we think of witches of eastwick with the cherry pits i don't know i think because we haven't watched it this year yet we haven't watched it this year yet there aren't enough witch movies there are not enough witch movies and i really feel like a resonance with witch movies because i really feel like i want to be a witch oh. This is like no joke. I'm like, do I want to be a Wiccan? Is this an hour two? Maybe. Hour <laughs> two. All about Courtney wanting to be a witch. No, we'll have to do a follow-up if you do research on, on witchcraft. There's also like, there's this like line in Practical Magic where they are like, there's a little bit of witch in all of us. And sometimes I believe that. Like sometimes I'm like, think of something and then it happens. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like out of the blue and I'm like, this is going to happen. And then it does. And I'm like, oh. Well, obviously, I'm not like changing the future, but you know, yeah. I am more powerful than anyone. I do else have to toss in. I just recently watched it last week. 
Pumpkinhead. I was really surprised. It has like vibes of Tremors. Tremors. Yeah, that's similar like back road, kind of middle of nowhere Virginia vibes. Mm. And what happens is a bunch of kids driving through town accidentally kill this kid. And the dad gets revenge by summoning back Pumpkinhead. So he has to dig up like the fetus of this like weird creature. But throughout the movie, it grows to be like 10 feet tall and comes and, uh, you know, exacts revenge. I obviously haven't seen it. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. It's very campy. Very campy. Evil Dead. Evil Dead 1 and 2. We watch. I haven't seen one in a long time. I actually haven't seen either of them in a really long time. I'd like to rewatch those. The 2013 one is the scariest movie I've ever seen. Like, yeah, I I think it would really mess you up. With Bruce Campbell? No. Oh, then no, I won't watch it. No, no, no. It's it's a total reboot by um, Fetty Alvarez. I've never been so scared my entire life watching a movie because I really believe that the possession was 100% real and that it was going to come through the movie screen and kill me. (gasps) Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop. Little Shop of Horrors. Bop, doo, bop. Little Shop of Terrors. Watch them drop. I am obsessed with Little Shop of Horrors. The uh, Jack Nicholson version or the... One is Jack Nicholson in it. uh, The one that came out before the one you're thinking of. Jack Nicholson plays the dentist. Are you thinking of Steve Martin? No, Steve Martin is the dentist in the one you're thinking of. The one before that is in black and white, and Jack Nicholson plays the dentist, and it's not a musical. Oh, then I don't want it. (laughs) It's not a musical. Why would I want it? I want the musical version, obviously. (laughs) Feed me, Seymour! Feed me! Well, obviously, there's probably another two or three hours that we'll keep talking about Halloween movies because there's just so many you can't watch the same ones every year. Except some of them you have to watch every year, like Hocus Pocus. I was going to say, you can't watch the same (laughs) ones every year because I feel like you could watch the same exact ones every single year. No, you could, but there are many, many more to explore. Like, for example, I still have never seen Trick or Treat, and I'm going to watch it before Halloween because I've heard for years that it's a wonderful Halloween anthology. Great. I'm not watching that with you. You don't have to. Good. Because I don't want to. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey friends, do you want to write scary stories like me, but you don't know where to start? Well, let me tell you about a course I took online called Nightmare Fuel, which is presented by Autocrit, our sponsor, guiding you through everything you need to know to develop and create amazing tales packed with fear and terror. Nightmare Fuel is an absolute horror writing survival guide with a healthy measure of self-study, workbooks, videos, and intensive live virtual classrooms. In addition to the impressive breadth of knowledge from the teachers, the course also features exclusive and meaningful guidance from Rain Hall, gothic horror author and creator of the Writer's Craft Guidebook series. Okay, so you've got your money's worth right there, but let me tell you about the parts where I really benefited, and that's the private member community and the editing software. The Autocrit software is like hiring a great therapist. It's there to guide you towards making good decisions in your writing, but you still do the work yourself and make your own decisions. The software can run hundreds of reports that help you critique your own writing, pacing, and repetition, and it has taken my writing to a whole new level. Now, I made friends during the class, talented, hard-working friends who love to write stories like I do, and we were able to connect, to chat, share our work, and get feedback from each other without sharing personal information through the private Autocrit network, which for me is like if I could take my favorite social media platform and remove everyone who's not interested in what I like. I can't tell you enough how valuable this class has been for me, and they don't just do horror, they have sci-fi and fantasy as well, so if you're looking to get started in writing or you just want to take that next step to get better, check out Haunting Season dot com slash autocrit. 
Well, folks, on the Hi Ho app, we asked you what kinds of movies you're watching this year to get ready for Halloween, and here's what you had to say. I'm on kind of a get lost in the woods kick, and so I just saw Gaia, which would have been fantastic if The Last of Us wasn't a thing. Then I saw In the Earth, which was the movie I wanted to see first, but wasn't available, and it's very similar to Gaia in an annihilation-y way. It's a little more like Annihilation, but it's not good. Don't recommend it. It's another, like, we're lost in the woods, and... We're seeing things sort of situation. On top of that, I've recently seen the reboot of Wrong Turn, which is really solid at times. And then other times it's just a straight up action movie. And at other times it's Home Alone in the Woods. Very interesting film, odd film, but not a bad one, not a bad movie. All these films, they feel like more fantasy to me than horror. I recently saw Spring as well, same dealie. It's billed as horror, more like romance fantasy. So I, I need a good scary one. Malignant, by the way, I saw that recently too. It's not scary at all. It's like an action movie. I need something scary, please. I am so excited for spooky season. It's my birthday month. I'm not going to tell you how old I am because I'm old, but I am excited to watch some of my favorites. So I'm about to watch Candyman and then the new Candyman. So yay. That's the one I'm excited about. I haven't seen the original Candyman since I was a young palm dove. What's up, man? I did watch, or started watching Midnight Mass, which is cool and creepy as shit. Hocus Pocus is one of those in my life. We watched that movie, I don't know, probably a dozen times throughout the Halloween season, pretty much every year. It's our favorite movie of all time. I went to Halloween Horror Nights down in Orlando at Universal Studios, and it has me into all the things. Like, I want to go back and watch all the videos of the HHN icons. I got to watch Haunted in the Hill House, because that house was creepy. Just so much more, man. I want to go back and watch Beetlejuice. Like just all the goodness. There's so many good ones. Happy Halloween. Memento Mori is the premier oddities and curiosities shop located in Los Angeles. Visit us at 1507 Wilcox Avenue at Sunset Boulevard in the heart of Hollywood, Fridays through Sundays, 11 to 6 p.m. Or shop online at www.mementomori-la.com. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you're having a really spooky haunting season this year. I'll be back next week. Special thanks to my wife, Courtney Barber, for coming on the show to talk about Halloween movies tonight. And stay tuned at the end of the credits to see how you can get more involved in haunting season. Haunting Season was created by me, Joshua Sterling Bragg, and is a joint production of Matt Gillen and Believe Limited. Executive produced by Matt Gillen, Ryan Gillen, and Patrick James Lynch, with creative support from Cody Dugan, Jessica Richmond, Mel Forrest, and my wife, Courtney Barber. Special thanks to our sponsor, Nightmare Fuel, the horror writing class powered by Autocrit, and our favorite oddity shop in LA, Memento Mori, Los Angeles. This week's story was edited by Colby Crow, and the podcast was edited by Drama Del Rosario, with custom music made for the show by North Inspiration. Check out all the links below. On TikTok, I'm doing horror movie talk. On YouTube, I do the scary stories. And on the podcast, I've got scary stories followed by great conversations with people in the horror business. Thanks for listening. And remember, we're more likely to survive if we stick together. I'll see you next time. 